Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Luke, I am your father. Of course, I'm referring to Darth Vader. When we look at family dynamics that are portrayed on the big screen, sometimes they leave us wanting for maybe something a little more organic, a little more loving and compassionate. Darth Vader didn't really strike me as a come over here and give me a big hug kind of guy. And uh, he probably could have used a hug or two. Hey, uh, welcome to the show. I'm so stoked for tonight's show. The title of the show tonight is Super Powered Families. And our guest tonight is... Um, Amorakai Kimberly Finn, we're going to bring her on in just a minute. But um, I'm I'm really very excited to have the dynamic of the family and uh, uh, perhaps uh, the parent side of that dynamic on the show. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna delve into it tonight, but. It's a curious thing. I was uh, I've been noodling my own family dynamic, and uh, I've really come to really value the the tempest, the the fire, the fury, perhaps the um, um, insanity of my family of of origin, and. Uh, I, as I might have shared before, my father was a World War II vet, and he was a really intense man. And for the longest time, I saw my childhood as an endurance test, kind of a survival tactic, uh, uh, wilderness training, except we're all contained in the same house. Um, but now... I tell you what, I feel so blessed. I feel so blessed. My father paid a, a, a gigantic price for tenacity, for fierce focus, intention, courage. And it was impelled upon him in in battle over a very long time. He was a Marine in the Pacific during World War II. There's a movie called The Pacific that showcases quite literally what he went through. And uh, um, I watched it for the first time last week, and I'm dumbfounded that my father was able to show up at all. But now I have tenacity. I have... Um, resolve. I have, I, I mean, the the fury, the tempest of my childhood forged me, um, tempered me, 
in uh, it was a crucible where my tenacity tenacity and resolve were anchored in my psyche and uh, I intend for the rest of my life to honor what he surrendered to give me those gifts and start crying so much of his psyche was taken from him without his authority or discernment and uh, I just I just hope I didn't expect to go here but I just hope I can um, do him proud by improving the condition for humanity on this planet with those gifts that he gifted me who um, I think we should get in the conversation because Amorakai is a really special soul and she's the compassion of her heart is palatable and I think we should get to it. Again, the topic tonight is superpowered families and our guest is Amorakai Kimberly Finn. Uh, she is a professional coach specializing in intuitive strategy for personal, spiritual, and family development. And is the, <clears throat> excuse me, is the host of Superpowers of the Soul podcast. She had me on her show a while back. And that's hosted on the Superpower Network, the number one podcast network for inspired personal development. A passionate family woman, Amorakai's purpose is freedom from the enslavement of family issues and transcendence of the limitations of the mind, emotions, and behaviors. She works globally with individuals, couples, and families. She holds an exquisite space of unconditional love while anchoring and delivering real-world results. You can connect with her at superpowerexperts.com. Join me in welcoming Amor to the show. Amor, you're finally on the show. Welcome. Thank you so much, Russ. It's so beautiful to be here. I'm wiping away my own tears listening to that beautiful introduction. Oh, honey. Wow. You know, I heard that uh, insanity is hereditary. You, you get it from your children. <laughs> you know, I've heard that. I've heard that too. <laughs> I mean, anybody who's been a parent, I mean, it's not always apparent if you've been one or not, but um, families can be a... Uh, a bit of a roller coaster and you've taken on the notion of super powered families can you share with our audience um perhaps your um experience that has brought you to this place with this intention in your life sure i'd be honored to 
I uh, listening to you reminds me of that other quote. You know, if you think you're enlightened, go spend a weekend with your family. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. <laughs> well, I heard that Thanksgiving is the mm-hmm. highest alcohol consumption day on the planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so what's it all about? You know, for me, family, family was the way, it was my way, definitely, this path. Uh, it just means so much. There's so many things to family. Where I started with this, really, at a very young age, was my parents split. So this was back in the day where it was still not so common, right, as common as it is today. Divorce was still sort of a a big deal and a big word where I came from and having a split family uh, comes with all its stuff and and back before there was a lot of knowledge or I would say support for that and so my beautiful parents did the very best they could but it was it was quite a ride it was quite a ride and lots of lots of things happened as a result and through through that journey I left home at a very young age, and I really launched onto this path of, of healing, of uncovering some of these inherited programs, some of the family frictions that were all around, and I, I really got bit by this bug to figure out, so how do you do family then, right? How do you create a, a super family? How do you create a loving family regardless of conditions? Can you do it in a blended family? Can you do it in a traditional family? Can you do it multi-generationally? Do you have to run away and buy an island and just start all over? (laughs) Or heaven forbid, a normal family. I mean, oh my God. Right? I I was just obsessed because from a very young age, I I remember all I wanted to be was part of a big, happy, beautiful, loving family. I, I, I knew I myself as a mother. I mean, I was the kid in preschool, you know, looking after the little kids, the babies at five, <laughs> that kind of thing. And so, you know, having that, that relationship and that family idea was really in me at a young age, but I didn't have the modeling for it, really. And so I went hunting. I went searching, and I was really determined to figure it out. And what I learned along the way, you know, I think I spoke to you before, The conscious parenting paradigm and some of my training in that area has really led me to distill things. And the reason that I talk about superpowered families today is just the fact that what I discovered is that we're we're just all evolving. So our kids are the evolution of us. And we talk so much about, you know, how much we have to learn from our kids if we can just relax and kind of open our senses and listen and get curious rather than trying to fit them into some box we dreamed up together 20, 30, 40 years ago that maybe they didn't come in to fit. And so it's a right. combination of a, you know, a superpowered family is a family that is aware, is awake. And I talk about the three keys of that. You know, the three keys of that are really sourcing, self-parenting, and accepting. And then I also speak about it quite literally. You know, I've worked with so many children and families nowadays and especially in the multi-generational uh, um, aspects, where we're talking literal superpowers. I mean, it's, it's children are coming in with very different ways to communicate, to perceive, to be in the world, to innovate. 
And just because we don't recognize it readily doesn't mean it's bad or wrong or needing to be fixed. So it's kind of twofold. Nice. I like that. I, I, I agree. I think the, um, the kids coming in being born now are, uh, they have, they have a, a better dynamic in their psyche than perhaps what the parents have to, to, uh, offer. I mean, it's, <laughs> this is planet yeah. earth, like wet cleanup aisle five. This is like a slow motion <laughs> karmic tsunami. I mean, <laughs> that's a great way to put it. That's a great way to put it. I agree. I mean, it, it's, but, but, now you've talked about the the three elements that you use. Um, everybody wants a sense that they're on the right track. I mean, I mean, forever the kind of the white picket fence uh, of you know go to college, get a job, retire, you know, fade to black. Um, it was like if I follow these rules or this guideline or this outline. I will be in step with society. And the wills fell off that a decade or three ago. And uh, it's just, uh, how, do you, how do you find a sense of um, perhaps uh, belonging, but that word doesn't seem to fit well. I mean, a sense of confidence when you're going into new ground I mean, to create a space for the child and let the child bring the new download, the, the new narrative, the new paradigm, that's, that's bass backwards. So how do you get confidence <laughs> with that? Oh, see, this is why I adore you, because who asked that question? That's the perfect question. That's, that's where it all starts, is in even being aware of that question. And... You know, confidence is a great word to use. I have, I'm getting to this place just in my own family right now. My youngest children are are in their late teens now and and entering early adulthood. And so I have a really cool perspective, not just with the clients I get to work with, but within my own family as well. And, you know, circling back to what you so brilliantly said (laughs) about the children coming in, having less to unpack perhaps than the parents, in many circumstances, I feel like that's really where we start. And that's always where I start with people is in those three keys that I talked about, the, the sourcing and the self-parenting are really crucial. And, and what I mean by that is when your child at any age or stage, you know, is doing what they do and being their wonderful, beautiful selves, whether they are screaming or tantruming or dancing around the kitchen joyfully or whatever they're doing, if there is anything in you that rises in reaction to them, and there really is a difference between a response and a reaction, right? I think a lot of us are quite aware of that now. A reaction is something that really wells up inside you, and we can call it a trigger in that you don't really feel like you're in control of it. You know, most of the clients I work with tell me, I don't know, I have the best of intentions, I've read all the books, I've, I'm so dedicated, but this thing happens, whatever it is, and it's like I leave the building and something right. else takes over and I can't right. control it. Well, sound familiar? 
So in that triggered space, what's actually happening in that moment is you're not really here. You kind of have left the building, and you're reacting to that five-year-old, not to the five-year-old in front of you that is your child, but to the five-year-old you were at some point in your history that had a moment that felt like that, that is stuck inside of you, unresolved inside of you, holding that karmic weight, you might call it, inside of your psyche. And in those moments, our children are gifting us the most incredible opportunity to heal and come into wholeness and clear all of that for everyone, for everyone, for everyone, if we know how to do it. And it's not that hard, but it takes a level of willingness and awareness that that's even what's going on. Because usually we're so smushed up against it, you know, it's like a tomato in our face. All we can see is red, but we can't discern there's a tomato there. (laughs) We just see a sea of red. And so that self-parenting process and understanding that, you know, there are, there are old programs in us. There are what I call the, the lost children, those, those pieces of ourselves that got stuck in development along the way, whether they got, you know, by trauma, by an experience that wasn't fully processed, that, wasn't, that didn't have an end. You know, you and I talked before, I mentioned one of my favorite, favorite beings in the world, Alice Miller, and she talks about uh, the enlightened witness. And so in the self-parenting work, I say that all parenting is actually self-parenting because there's no parent in the room in that triggered state. So we need to parent ourselves first by being the enlightened witness to that triggered aspect of ourselves, what I call sort of a frozen block of energy or a lost child in our psyche, and bring that piece of energy home. Let it melt back into the wholeness of you so that you are free from those triggers. You are free from those reactions. And you can actually be that present parent who is free to respond in the present moment without all that junk. Isn't that amazing? That's the first place we start. Very nice. Well, we learn ways to behave to not rock the boat, so to speak. I mean, uh, uh, to the audience, Imagine yourself uh, maybe five, six, seven, sitting at the dinner table, assuming that was in the narrative, and and what was okay at the dinner table? Could you laugh out loud? Could you be silly? Could you play with your food? Or were you expected to sit up straight and hold your spoon right and ask to leave the table? I mean... It, to, to understand our programming, it, it sometimes I think it helps us to go to the, like the polar opposite. Have you ever walked into a house that looks like a flipping funeral home because every single thing is exactly perfect? And it's mm-hmm. like your home, it, it just makes me feel like their home is their measuring stick. And if their home is perfect, then they therefore must be perfect. And yet it feels like a flipping funeral home. And uh, it's like, how do you, how do you really understand how big of a dynamic a soul can be? How big of a dynamic? Because if you grew up in a household where running down the hall was unheard of or speaking out loud or laughing or making a mess, and then your child shows up and is there to teach you 
to let go of that narrative. It can it can kind of like we've been saying it can be a real tug of war with your sense of what is okay as far as a behavioral trait. Maybe it's good for the parents to make a date night and go to the fun house and and get batshit silly and kind of, you know, go to the other side of all their spectrums and <laughs> I think that's a great prescription. I love that. That's fantastic. And imagine also how hard it is to have, you know, the other generation before you, your own parents, your children's grandparents, hovering over, reinforcing those same things in this new era, in this new time where some of those things, you know, have evolved, have shifted, don't apply in the same way anymore. And all of the feelings and sometimes the hurt feelings and the betrayal and the the misunderstanding and the non-communication that goes on in there, I mean, that's why working multi-generationally is such a gift because it, it does affect everybody and everybody deserves to to be held in that compassion and to be in a space of true understanding, right? It's all about understanding. Truly, if you think about the generation gap, where in our history, we haven't, we haven't in our, in our remembered history, there's never been such a big generation gap with the technology that we have now, the way things are done now, if you look at the generation gap between grandparents and grandchildren and the parents in the middle navigating all that, wow, that's a lot. There's a lot going on there. And so bringing compassion, first of all, and then helping to bridge that gap through greater understanding and freedom, when you do this work, it, it, I've seen it, even when nobody is physically present, it heals, it frees in all directions. It frees forward and it frees backwards up the lines and down the lines from people that are not even in the same country. It is amazing the stories I hear of of how people are freed from all of this stuff, how relationships change, communication changes. It's it's quite something. Circling back to what you said, though, here we talk about sourcing. It's about sourcing, right? When When you think about those rules, and you think about those behaviors, and then if you, if you weren't allowed to shout or you weren't allowed to bang your fork at the dinner table, or for a lot of us, we weren't allowed to display much emotion, but certainly not certain ones like anger, right? Yeah. And when you're in now your own family dynamic, and how do you know how to navigate that, I think we need to shift where we're sourcing from. And so what I mean by that is, are you sourcing from these old programs that are in your psyche, that are in your memory, and just doing it because that what was done or modeled for you? Or are you sourcing from your own intuition and the greater creative energy field that is here, limitless for you? And if we can talk about that, now we're really getting somewhere. Now we're really present. We're really here. We're really aware. And we're really empowered to be here with our children in this moment and no other. And with them without a projection onto them. Very nice. Very nice. I like this. You know, the well, what about those pesky in-laws? Uh, is, is there like a pest repellent or something that works for that? Because, I mean, if if you're raising their grandkids and you make it okay for the grandkids to let their hair down and, and break all the unspoken rules of the family dynamic, 
th- there might be some pushback. I mean, uh, and what I would say to that is, um, I'm no sproctologist, but I've been studying the human psyche probably my whole life. And uh, the vast majority of us are operating at less than 1% of our capacity. And um, to to create a, a space for your children, that that sourcing, that compassion, to create a space that truly is untethered from the beginning of, you know, the the imprinting of the family dynamic on the child's psyche is is um, so comprehensive to the uh, unattended um, participants. The to to raise kids that are truly um, authentic to their their soul, their heart truly authentic to the, the the purpose of their life, these will be exceptional individuals in in the metric of of the collective consciousness because that's it's really kind of a rare um attribute to to have kids confident and anchored in their from within, from within their own psyche that their measuring stick comes from within their own heart. And you anchor that in that kid's psyche, and and all the wind that exists could blow, and, and that kid would hold the course like um, they'd, they'd turn out to be a very, very, very powerful persona. That, that's what I like about this uh, this topic tonight is, you start playing with human consciousness, that stuff's wicked. It's like it's more powerful than nuclear uh, uranium or whatever. You you awaken a human persona and, and anchor them in their potential, man, all bets are off as far as what they can accomplish. Mm-hmm. Well, you just perfectly described what a superpowered family is and what their purpose is here in the world, isn't it? I feel like... So many of us came to or have this this inherent drive and desire and, and oh, driving force to to just bring love, to increase the baseline of consciousness, the love and above. And when we can operate from that pure intention and understanding and really support ourselves with the tools and the support that we need to, to really bring that into our homes. You know, when I started years and years ago in this, it was because I was trying to figure it out for my own family. I was not willing to go through with my own family what I went through as a child and right. what I saw my parents go through. I mean, I just, it, was, it was a hard no for me. So my only question is, so how do we do it then? Because I'm not doing that. And now, fast forward 20 years later, and in hindsight, of the benefit of hindsight of, oh, okay, this is kind of how you do it. And when I first got started in doing this more formally and, and helping others in, in their own homes and families, I used to say, oh, you know, world peace and everything that we all talk about wanting and the expansion of consciousness and, and living in a, a world fueled by love instead of fear and greed, it's, world peace begins with parenting. It begins in everybody's living room. 
everybody's home. World peace begins at home, period. Right. That's how we co-create this together. And so talking about sourcing and talking about the tools that can help, you and I, our mutual friend, the amazing and wonderful Tonya Don Rekla, the, the founder of that beautiful network that my show is on, Superpower Experts, you know, this modality that's most recently come through her, this creative energy field activation, we lovingly call it FIFA for short, it's one of those tools that when you can activate that field and when you can model that for your children and your family, now now you're really in it. Now you're creating a superpowered family. Now you're, uh, you're not sourcing from those old programs. You're not sourcing from those lesser developed aspects that react in triggered states and cause all kinds of chaos and all kinds of things that, quite frankly, we often regret or certainly pass on that we wish we didn't, we wish we hadn't. So instead of sourcing from you know, a place where we're really stuck in that survival mode. Because, and again, like you said before, Les, it, it serves us. Whatever we needed to do to behave at that dinner table, to not get hit perhaps, to make it through the trauma, to simply get some love and approval, to do well at school or whatever we were told or, or it was shown to us that was important to us, what we did ensured our survival. We made it. We're here. We've got our own family now. So it's not bad. There's nothing bad. And there's some, what did you say, clean up on aisle five? There's some clean up to do, right? There's, some, there's a little bit of clean up to do. And we get to do that. And CIFA is one of those tools that I think everybody should have because it's so accessible. When we're stuck in survival mode, essentially that vital energy field all around us, right? Most of us are, are, are keen to that now. We know there's a, a greater creative intelligence, this sort of field, this source, like we're fish swimming in water. There's nature, we can call it, right? We can tap into it. There's a creative energy. And there's this energy field that surrounds all of us. When we're in survival mode, that vital energy field around us shrinks. We're sourcing from those old programs, from those lesser developed aspects. And, and essentially, we think sort of more survival thoughts and we are more prone to survival emotions. We're more prone to those reactive states and those triggered states that create things that we say, that we do, that we most often regret. And what we're ultimately doing, though, is we're, we're sort of, you know, unwittingly, unknowingly, unconsciously consuming our own energy field. We're consuming it instead of maximizing it to consciously create our world, to be the influencer of our world instead of being so unduly influenced by the ever-changing, right, world of external events and circumstances and flow. And so SIFA is many, many, many things, but, but at, its, at its core and at its beginning, what it is, is is a practice that ensures that in any moment, no matter what the external circumstance, no matter what is happening in that external world, we know how to access, we know how to activate our creative energy field, and we know how to activate an instant, instant sense of deep calm, of awareness, of peace, connection, creativity, confidence, right now, in any moment. And when you know how to do that, now you're creating a superpowered family in every moment for yourself, for your kids, for the generations behind you, all of it, 
you become the influencer instead of the overly influenced. And, and that is my answer as well to, to your question, and you're speaking towards the, the in-laws, because if you have FIFA, if you have that practice by your side, you can navigate it all, and it will not move you, it will not kill you. Right, anchored in the truth of who you are. Cre- creative, creative energy, that just reeks of a child playing and and, yeah. and you know the the verb or proverb or whatever uh, come to me as a child. In other words, uh, let go of your ego's motive and let um, the divine within you express in you as you through you, untethered by um, your ego quantifying or rationalizing or heaven you know heaven heaven forbid regulating what actually comes out of it that i love the the image of the creative energy and then you you bring the punch into that with field activation it's like the the creative impulse from within and and it broadcasts out of your psyche into effect into form Beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that, in the family unit, creates a vibrational coherence. It unifies. It unifies couples. It unifies families. It even unifies in right? It really can. <laughs> all kinds of teams, all kinds of gatherings, even in the corporate world. I mean, there, there's no end to its use value, truly. But in the family dynamic, it's priceless. It's absolutely priceless. Because that's, that's what you need. It's where you're sourcing from. Where you're sourcing is the key. And then... Being aware of how to self-parent, you, you're, you're now really here. You're now sovereign, right? You are now in your own dominion and creating that superpowered family intuitively, moment to moment, in a flow that is of the highest and best service to all. I mean, you're a, you're a cohesive unit as a family. Everybody is served individually and co-creatively together in collaboration together. And so it's priceless. It's absolutely priceless. And then we move into the accepting piece. The accepting piece is really where that compassion comes in. You know, holding that container, when I spoke of Alice Miller and being the enlightened witness, it's for others, it's for your children, but it's also for yourself. And so if you can accept whatever is going on and not resist reality so much, but meet it exactly where it's out without letting it throw you off your center. And that's where the sourcing and the self-parenting comes in. Now you have the ability. I've, I always say that acceptance is a superpower. I feel like of all the superpowers that we know, <laughs> the intuition, the empathy, the telepathy, the, all of it, acceptance needs to be on there. Because acceptance is the key that allows us to look at anybody, an in-law, a child, a partner, with curiosity, with openness, with compassion, from a place of accepting what is in front of me rather than judging it, condemning it, resisting it, fearing it. Now we are putting ourselves in a position to have the privilege of witnessing something that is beyond what we currently have the capacity to think or know. Because if we already knew it, we just pull it from that filing cabinet of our mind, from that old program, and we place it onto the present and go, oh, yeah, identified, got it tantrum or 
problem or whatever, we're naming something. But if we can go into that place of acceptance and bring that sort of Zen mind, beginner mind, clearer mind, and just be with anybody, a partner, a child, who is displaying something or perceiving something or talking about something or behaving in a way that is different, that is new, and we can really be in relationship with it from a place of compassionate acceptance, without thinking that something is broken right off the bat or needing to be fixed, if, if nobody is being directly harmed, and it, right, and we're not coming from fear, we're coming from acceptance, well, now some of those, those bona fide superpowers that we talked about it can make themselves more known, can get the support they need in our world at large to become more normalized and supported for the benefit of all of us. But there's great wealth there. There's, there's great power there. There's great solutions there. Beautiful to to create a a space where there's uh, trust and whenever you push back um, in a judgment or posture, it it anchors that energy in the psyche. But to create that empty void and allow the feeling to come out and have nothing push back, there's there's something magic that happens there where it's like you see it for what it is, but when you push back, it it um, it triggers a, a reactive pattern and reactions. When the reactions are the same, so are the results. So if you want a new narrative or a new paradigm, that's uh, that's really powerful. You know when you. When you've tasted the fruit of getting out of your own way, when you've tasted the fruit of allowing the impulse of creativity, that is, there's an ocean, a, a bottomless, endless source of, of that impulse to express itself, and, and you get out of your own way and let it flow through your persona, once you've tasted the fruit of that, it really is I think it it can um, kind of sh- uh, shine some light at how mundane and blase um, the ego tends to uh, corral things into this the, the ego's such a fond um, proponent of more of the same I mean normal by its very nature, means more of the same. Normal's not going to fix Jack or Jill. It's uh, and and so uh, really, what you're talking about here is making an Abby normal family in a positive way, a, a super powered family where that's I just makes me happy to think of a family dynamic where everybody's anchored in their in the source of their. Um, that infinite well of creativity and um, it's it's got to be tough for people in the in the first few steps because like men if um, if a woman shares problems a lot of times men have the reaction of oh I need to fix this instead of just holding the space you know what I mean? I mean, there's I there's cult, there's cultural narratives, there's uh, family narratives, there's, um, yeah. But but it's so worth it. It's just so worth it. Um, this uh, I'm loving this. So 
so how do we start i mean how do you how do you how do you take those first steps yeah well you know nobody does it alone right i'm so grateful for the people that were were doing those steps ahead of me i really leaned in to to those women and those couples and those families that were doing things a bit differently and very bravely, I might add, very bravely. It takes a lot of bravery, doesn't it, to, to, to sort of stare your reality in the face and go, hmm, <laughs> I'm going to turn this in instead, actually. <laughs> I'm going to withdraw my attention and my power and stop giving it all away. I'm just going to turn within. And that's really the first step. The first step is, is knowing or, or sensing or trusting that if you're feeling, right, the call, that it's, it's there for you and it's all possible, and it is all possible. Um, really, that, I mean, for, let me speak for myself as a mother. As a parent, as a mother, I was, I was absolutely determined to, to be true to what I received as my, my first birth daughter's request to, to mother her, to parent her in a certain way. I mean, I got very clear directions from this, this beautiful being um, well before she entered my body to, you know, just trust me, she said. I'm going to teach you how to be a mom. Don't worry about it. If you trust me, I won't hurt you. <laughs> like, that was the message I got. And I'm like, okay, what are my marching orders? And it was, you know, like just, I'd like to be born at home, and I'd like just you and dad there. And I'm going, huh, what? No, 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 no. <laughs> Darling, I can barely handle a paper cut at this stage. I don't think that's going to work for me. <laughs> I mean, there's trust, and then there's like, holy leap of faith. Come on. And, you know, when I told her dad, he just like jaw dropped, huh? Like it didn't make any sense whatsoever. But here's, here's the, the truth. You, you have this knowing. You have this calling. You know you have this calling to be this parent for this child. You know that you're here not to repeat the old necessarily, not to, to keep this old narrative running. You're here to be the bridge. And so for most of us, it's about waking up and accepting. There's that acceptance of the superpower once more that we're going to have one foot in the old world and one foot in the new that we're creating. And we're the bridge that our children, that our families, that our multi-generations get to sort of pass through as we build these super-powered families so that we basically are building a super-powered humanity, aren't we? It's just about raising consciousness and freeing ourselves from things that we no longer need to carry and ways of doing things that have worn themselves out, that are, that are proven to no longer be of useful positive purpose or service. And so where we start is honoring that call within Honoring that call within and being willing to understand, to be aware, it's all a practice of awareness, of where we're sourcing from. Am I reacting? Does something come over me? Am I out of control? Then I need some support. I need to understand how to self-parent myself so that I can truly parent this child or these children. And the dynamics in the relationship as well, I mean, you know, the, that compassion it all starts, for me, the number one piece, the number one place anybody has to start is compassion. And, and it's, it's compassion in action. It's, it's compassion for where you're at. It's being willing to see clearly without fear of your own punishment, your own criticism, right, your own backlash. 
It's being willing to hold the same compassion for yourself that maybe you can hold for others. Maybe you hold for your children. Maybe you hold for your clients, your friends, your family. We have to hold that for ourselves. And when we can promise ourselves that we will be met with that container of compassion for ourselves, then we are willing to really look and see. Then we're willing to determine where we're sourcing from. Are we shrinking our vital energy fields? Are we tired? <laughs> Not just from running around children all day or juggling our jobs <laughs> and our home and all that. Are we a little like energetically tired? We're probably consuming our own field without knowing it. We need to create it. We need to activate it. We need to understand how to do that. And so I think the first place to start with is really, really coming into that deep compassion for yourself and holding that container for yourself and allowing yourself to really see and being willing to get support in moving forward through your own journey. Because that, that is the key. That really is the key. Well, very nice. Well, that damn impulsive nature within me has got the hit several times to mention. This all has the makings of a great board game. <laughs> it would. <laughs> oh, I love that. My daughter is it, a game designer. Oh, it would. It would uh, make the steps impersonal because you could blame it on that. I mean, nobody would expect you to take responsibility for the game, and that that takes some of the edge off of it. So how about some uh, before and afters? I mean, working with your clients, what kind of transformation have you watched? Oh, I've seen so many cool things. It's such a privilege. I've seen, you know... Well, we can speak in a bunch of different ways. Let's start with multi-generationally because, I mean, those folks, I just, I, my forehead is on the floor bowing deeply to those families that are willing to work multi-generationally. You know, I, uh, I host customized retreats, and so I blend a family's sort of vacation, right, time with personal development time, with healing time, and training time to create your own superpower family dynamic moving forward. And those families that come with grandma or grandma and grandpa and, you know, a, a couple of children, aunt and uncle, a couple of kids and cousins. I mean, sometimes I've had up to 13, three generations. And we do separate things at separate times. The kids are not always present for everything, of course, and not everybody is present for everything. We work in different dynamics. But what I've seen is the symptoms, right, those symptoms of uh, depression, anxiety, those symptoms of uh, grandma and grandpa sleeping in separate bedrooms, staying together for the sake of, I'm not sure, money or children or status, but no longer any connection, no longer any um, passion, no longer a trust, right? I've seen in a couple of families the, the traumas that come from being young parents, stressed out, old programs, and prone to violence or a family that is traumatized by sexual abuse and the children, especially if abuse has come from a, a family member. And, and all that that does to the family, because when we, when we have those things happen, we have those levels of traumas happen. I've seen, you know, families where a parent held a knife to um, another parent's throat and, and children at a young age have witnessed this and they've all grown up with this trauma and, and oh, sure. much more, you know, right, all that kind of violence, alcoholism, and drug abuse and all of that kind of stuff, sexual abuse, and, and how that does not just happen to the, the child that it physically literally happened to. The whole family is affected. And so 
I've seen entire families, multi-generations heal, release, clear that out, come into compassion together and individually. I've seen grandparents reconnect, move back into the same bedroom, go on dates, dance again. I've seen mothers that were so ostracized from their children and beating themselves up for, for their children leaving home early and, and having cycles of violence and abuse and, and things in those children's lives that led them to leave home early. You know, I left home early. I'm, I have my own personal experience with this. I get it. I really get it. And to see that completely shift, to see you able to have the parent and the parent-child relationship and the grandparent-parent-child relationship that you never had, that you never thought was possible with the same people that you never imagined it could be possible with, to have that, to be able to communicate, to understand how to speak to the other, to not have those shadows of resentment and blame and shame and guilt and judgment and remorse and upset and resistance, to not have those patterns, you know, of friction, that pop all the time to have holidays be easy to be in a compassionate fun place to get back into playing to let some of those coping behaviors like the addiction like the disconnection like the silent treatment simply leave i mean these results are, are, are tiny and we see them all the time we need to create the space for these healings to happen and for these reconnections to happen and then the space to train to how to communicate and how to create the family that is your superpower family because the truth is it's yours. It's going to be individually, right, created by the individual members and a collaboration, but it's unique to you. It's unique to the individual within the family unit and the co-created family unit. And so being able to see that for yourself, to tap into that for yourself, to free yourself from all the gun holding you back from being fully here and fully present and fully free and experiencing what that family could be like, it's phenomenal. It is such a privilege to witness. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. Nice. Very nice. Well, the, the drudgery of the old narratives that is so like you've spoken so well over this interview is so energy consuming and and then the flip side of that to to be energized by the relationships to be um, illuminated by the relationships the, the, it becomes much more effortless um, wow beautiful I love this conversation well now time <laughs> I love can, it too Time can fly by. I want to make sure that uh, the audience knows all about you, the, your work, how to get in touch with you. Do you do in person? Hey. Is it all in, online? Does it have to be the whole damn family? Or, I mean, <laughs> kind of uh, yeah. lay out the whole thing so they really understand sure. you and, and how to engage you. Oh, thank you so much, Les. I work with all kinds of people all over the world. I I work with individuals. I often work um, with individuals regardless of whether you are currently in a relationship or you currently have a family. 
the basis of my work is really the reparenting process. And so it's reparenting you. It's unlocking your superpowers that were maybe a little misunderstood or suppressed in childhood. It's freeing your psyche and your programs and making sure you have the tools, whether you're currently in a family dynamic or not of your own, that whatever your family of origin is and whatever that origin story is for you, that you really come into your own from that and you reclaim all that power and all those pieces. So I will work with any individual at that basis. I work with couples all the time as well. And often, funnily enough, only one part of the couple. It's funny. You don't both have to show up all the time. Hmm, that's fun. It trickles. It's amazing. And so I'm often doing couples and relationship work with one or both partners. And that is, is often done virtually, you know, especially since the pandemic. I used to do a lot of in-person workshops, and, of course, we always ran retreats. But since the pandemic, my, my virtual client load just sort of tripled and everything sort of went online. So those can happen anytime all over the world. And I still do customized retreats for families. So depending on where you are in the world, if you and your family, whether that's you and your partner or any members of your family or friend group that feel like family, or you and your children or sometimes without your children, want to create a customized retreat where you get adventures and fun, like a vacation, and you get some work and some training and some coaching and some healing, um, that is, is definitely still on the docket and so much fun and, and extremely life-changing. And so I just... Um, I just love what I do. It's just amazing the people you get to work with and see the people who are really here and really elevating consciousness and really standing, just really standing for this this world we all know is possible, that we all feel called to contribute to, that we all feel called to co-create and leave as a legacy to all the children. They're all our children, right? And in my in my view, they're all our children. So. Yeah, everybody can get a hold of me. You can reach me at superpowerexperts.com. My podcast is over there, Superpowers of the Soul, and I love meeting people on that as well. And you can always email me directly, amorakai at superpowerexperts.com, or you can also get me at info at amorakai.com. Either email works, and I love hearing from people. So even if you just have a question or want to touch base or share your story, I love hearing from people all over the world. It's my favorite thing, so... I'd love to hear from you. Reach out anytime. Nice. Well, now, what if a spacecraft landed and and beamed you up and took you to another planet where um, these principles were the norm, the the sourcing, the self-parenting, the compassion, the acceptance, the whole flipping planet was living in in this type of an environment, what would it look like? How could you, uh, what, how could you discern the difference from observation? Well, I think observation happens on multiple levels. And so I think that the first thing you would notice is the vibration because you can observe things vibrationally as well as physically, emotionally, mentally. And so you can feel when things are in a frequency or a vibration of love versus fear or compassion versus greed or cooperation, right, versus anger. And so we would observe vibrationally that frequency. And more practically speaking, it's when everyone is centered in and sourcing from their own source and following that a thousand percent 
And when we are all doing that, when we all know how to tap in, when we all know how to tune in, when we all know how to trust that completely and fully, knowing that it is always in the greatest and highest good of all, knowing that it is always in the frequency of abundance for all, then we'll see that in, in the world that we get to observe. We'll feel that level of childlike innocence and play and collaboration and peace. Beautiful. Well, Amor, I want to thank you for being our guest tonight. <laughs> I, <laughs> I really like where we went. We got off in the weeds a little bit, and that's always a good thing. And um, uh, I, I just want to thank you for being my, my guest tonight. It, it's been such a pleasure. Oh, such a pleasure, Les. I adore you. Thank you so much. So much fun. We've been talking with uh, Amorakai Kimberly Finn, and the topic tonight has has been superpowered families. Superpowered families raise superpowered kids, superpowered people, superpowered communities. How cool is that? That sounds like fun. Wow. Well, I want to thank you, the audience. Here you are now. You showed up for yourself. I celebrate you. I celebrate you showing up for yourself. Every single one of us have more to discover about who we are over and over and over again forever. You can't exhaust that to kind of... um, have a habit of growing yourself, have a habit of choosing opportunities like this episode to to get a, a broader understanding, a, a different perspective, a new outcome for yourself. That's showing up for yourself. I salute you. What exciting times to be alive. My God. It's... Uh, Life's a wonderful thing when you can show up for it. It has many, many gifts, and uh, they're there for the the harvesting. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Always a pleasure. Thank you for joining us tonight. Until next time. This has been a New Human Living Radio broadcast. To bring your soul's inspiration into effect and live your life wide open. Check out our host, Les Jensen's book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power, at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening.